Cast 14, your podcast for everything roleplay in the world of Eorzea. Huzzah! Huzzah! I'm your host, Remix Sakura. And I am your other host, Emmy. And this is our podcast. <laughs> yes, we are a new podcast focusing exclusively on the FF14 roleplay community, as well as our character-centric lore and interpretations. So on our very first episode, we wanted to take the time to introduce the RP community to the player base at large, explain things, demystify things, and let you know why we believe anybody playing this game can get into roleplay and have their game experience enhanced by really playing a character of their creation. Yeah, I think a lot of people when they start role-playing really are intimidated by the fact that there is this huge role-play community. And a lot of people just kind of think like, oh, nobody's going to really want to role-play with me. Or I think a lot of people really aren't sure exactly what role-play is. Because if you take a look at the any party finder on a lot of the big servers like Baomong, Gilgamesh, things like that, and you'll see things for roleplay, but it's not necessarily the kind of roleplay that <laughs> most people do. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're looking for a Makote waifu is not roleplay, sorry. Yeah, looking for a Makote <laughs> roleplay, or um, looking for roleplay, um, ERP. Yeah. I am a Lollafell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it can be a little bit mystical for the average player, but I do think that tangentially, pretty much everywhere, everybody is aware that there is role play going on. But it's entirely possible to go through the experience of the game, run content, do all that stuff without really ever running into role play. So it's kind of something that everyone's tangentially aware of, but they may believe that it's just not for them. They may be kind of confused by these things. So we really want to demystify some of these things so that any player, really anybody, can get into this. And one of the reasons why I do believe that RP is for everyone is because, guess what? We are playing an MMORPG. There's already an element of roleplay in that. Because you are playing a character of your creation... As you go through the game, you're already RPing on some level, even if you haven't put a lot of thought into your character's background or story. And maybe maybe they're just an avatar of yourself. You are still playing that character. You know, you're not really a Makote or an Aura in real life. So you are playing a character in that world. To take that a step further is what we're going to talk about today. So as far as the forms that roleplay takes, we're going to touch on both roleplay in-game and roleplay that takes place out of game. You can certainly do a bit of both or whichever meets your preference. Yeah, I've certainly heard of people who do both kinds. I've heard of people who do only one just because maybe they aren't able to get into the game. Maybe their subscription ran out. Um, maybe they don't have a computer that can run the game, but they still have played it at one point, and so you can really do roleplay on things, um, you know, even as a Final Fantasy character, on things like Skype or on Tumblr, um, online forums, just, yeah, but you can also do it in-game too. 
Yeah, and we're going to go into detail about all these different options and how you can run on them. So just as a general demystification for what roleplay is, I think, at its essence, I think I would describe it as an activity that's part improvisational acting, part creative writing, part collaborative art, and all about imagination. Now, a lot of people here have played uh, tabletop RPGs, kind of the original RPG, like Dungeons and Dragons, like Vampire the Masquerade. It's very, very similar to that, in that you create all the details about your character, their backstory, their history, their talents, their personality, um, but you also put them into a situation where they are they are in, in battle. They're both, a, you know, a warrior persona and, you know, also a person on the other side. So if you're, you're familiar with those sorts of tabletop games, it's very, very much the same. And if you have gone through the game and you have only been tangentially aware of roleplay, I also want to just kind of, you know, at first demystify some of the, the weirder stereotypes. You know, at really, essentially, you can say that if you believe RP is all one thing, then you're probably wrong. And it's not all of one race. It's not all cat girls and cat boys and lolifels running around. Um, nor is it all silly, nor is it all serious. Um, nor is it all sexual, which I think is something that can really kind of turn people off because all they see is just like people in the quicksand, like, like wanting to get it on. And I'm like, that doesn't have to be a part of your experience at all if you don't want it to be. And it can also be either short form or long form. If you don't want to go into writing really long fanfics and novels, like just do dialogue back and forth. There's many different forms. And in many ways, your RP experience can be exactly what you make of it. And that's another reason why I believe that anybody who is playing this game can enjoy it and get into it. Yeah, I think overall, going back to, I guess, the short form versus the long form sort of thing, I know there are a whole lot of people that really are flexible with it. So don't really expect, like, if you see somebody who's role-playing in long form, you know, maybe that is their preferred style. But there are some people who are like, okay, you want to, you know, do this in more of a chat format? Okay, that's completely fine. Really, there's... There's a place for everybody, honestly. As long as you aren't, you know, going around and hurting other people or anything like that, the point of role-playing really is just to have fun. So as long as you're having fun, really, I think that's the essence of, of role-play. Yeah, yeah. We were talking a little bit before about the sense of storytelling. It's not just about your character, but putting your character into different stories where they have adventures, they have experiences, and they also start to meet other characters, where it really starts to get interesting is when you and your original character start to interact with other people's characters. And now you're into that like cre a collaborative creative writing thing. And yeah, you're you know, really building it up. You're building like relationships between the characters and maybe they've never met in in the world otherwise, but you're you're building these relationships and making your characters more complex through those. Um, and it's not always, you know, romantic relationships or anything like that. It's just, you know, here's what's going on when the cutscenes aren't rolling. Um, yeah, basically yeah, outside of your canon environment. Yeah, I definitely feel like RP is kind of like writing deleted scenes. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. It's, it's definitely the deleted scenes. And the other thing, um, is that you don't even have to make like an original character. Yes, you can yes. you can role play as an existing character. I know <laughs> both Remix Sakura and I do that 
<laughs> primarily um we both have like different different characters we both got um original characters and things like that but primarily when we role play we've just sort of found a place with these npcs yeah. so it's possible <laughs> to role play really as any sort of character that you'd like for sure should we go into that now or should we go down into that a little bit later let's go into that maybe a little bit later yeah go into that a bit deeper but yeah you're definitely right that the majority of people in FF14 roleplay are playing original characters. They're playing their own personal warrior of light. And they are not only inhabiting them in the game to run content, but sort of out of game or in more side story stuff. They write those deleted thing scenes, things that you didn't see on screen. And they, you know, they take the basic in-game character model, flesh them out, and not only are they thinking about different details about the character's personality and story, but they actually start to write dialogue that is in character. That's kind of where it starts. When you start to write a sentence where you use the word I, but I refers to your character, then you've started role-playing. You're actually speaking from their point of view. There's something that really separates, I think, the role-player from your average everyday player, because your character might think something completely different from what you yourself might think. So, for example, like you, you might think, oh, I really, really want to go ahead and do this. But your character might be a bit wary of it. Yeah, it's a strange thing sometimes when you and your character disagree on things. Oh, it really is. It <laughs> really, really is. I also think it's really funny when that happens, too. Yeah. Because, of course, if you've got different characters, they can't all be exactly the same. They can't all be exactly like you. Yeah. But yeah, they can. So, some can. Yeah. In some ways. So I think at the point where you start to actually think and talk from the point of view of your characters when you've really started RPing. Now, I think the, the easiest and simplest form of RP, as we mentioned, is just simply writing dialogue, writing I statements. But I is the character. So I think for this reason, in-game chat is actually probably the easiest way to get started. One, because it doesn't require any further setup than what you already have. Just log in. And it's the easiest to do. You can go back and forth with perhaps another character as if you were actually on instant messenger with each other or if your characters were on instant messenger with each other. Um, if you're doing it in game, you can do it through a tell or a say. And that, you know, once you start doing that, that's that's kind of the easiest way to sort of break the ice. Of course, you've got to find people to role play with, which we'll also go into as well. Um, roleplay can also be done on different websites. The ones that I'm familiar with the most is Tumblr. That's where I spend the most time. So we're going to be focusing yeah, that's the on same that. With me. Yes, with somewhat of a bias through the podcast. However, there is also a forum that is pretty popular called Heidel and Roleplayers, and that's at FF. No, I've never heard of that. No. Yeah, it's 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 like a forum forum RP. A forum RP is is mostly what I did in my younger years and early RPs. So I'm I'm very familiar with the format, and some people may prefer it because it's sort of like the classic like BBS uh, is how you would role play. Um, that's at ffxiv-roleplayers.com if you want to check it out. Tumblr is of course t u m b l r.com. In addition to these, you can always use any instant messaging platform if you've got you know a close relationship with another role player and you just kind of want to go back and forth in chat that's always an option too to do something that's kind of one-on-one in real time 
Yeah, I've heard that, and uh, from experience as well, Skype does seem to be um, a pretty active place for role-playing to take place, if that would be your preference. Yeah, interestingly enough. So I want to go into a couple of basic terms that are used in RP for folks that may not be familiar. And we'll probably be using these later. Um, yeah, yeah. Within the podcast, so this is yeah. this is really a good place to put it on our first episode. Yep. So the most important term that you're going to hear is muse. The muse is your character that you are playing, and it's a really really nice term because the definition of muse is the one who inspires you, your source of inspiration. And it's really nice to think of you know of our characters as our source of inspiration. There are muses because they inspire us to produce this content, this writing. So that's one reason we thought it would be really nice for our podcast to call it MuseCast. You would contrast this with the Mun or the real life human who plays the character. This is also an interesting term because it's short for mundane, kind of implying that you, the human being, are sort of like the boring half of the equation. You're just like an average person, but this muse is like this totally cool person, you know, doing all these fun things. It's elevating the muse over ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. sure. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. Like you're just, I'm a mundane person and I have a mundane existence, <laughs> but not when I'm the muse. Yeah. I've also heard the term um, admin occasionally. I haven't yeah, heard it, was... it quite as often, at least on Tumblr. But it's like administrator for like a site administrator, I suppose. Yeah, which is even more self-effacing. <laughs> but like I, I've heard that from time to time too. I think primarily on here we're going to be using Mun to refer to the person behind it, behind the character. Yeah. yeah, I think that's more common. To clarify what we mean when we say RP, I hear it used either as a noun or as a verb. As a noun, it can refer to the general activity of role play, just that world, or sometimes it can refer to a specific piece of role play content, such as I have an idea for a new RP, that RP we did was great. And as we were saying, most things that can actually be classified as RP are focused on dialogue and are written by two people or more, uh, usually two collaboratively. Uh, we're going to contrast this with fanfic, which we talk about a little bit later. Now, there are also different formats that RP writing can take, which I don't want to get into right now, but a nice resource that I want to let everybody know about is xiv-lfrp.tumblr.com. Um, that, of course, stands for Looking for Roleplay, and it's not only a place where you can submit your own characters, but um, as part of their submission, they define what the different uh, formats are. But basically, they go from easy and less hardcore to uh, more difficult and more hardcore or longer. You just essentially like choose whichever style is, is right for you. Absolutely. So when you're doing dialogue-based RP, especially in-game when you have not only RP to do, but kind of like game content to worry about, there's a practice when you're speaking in character and using those I statements. If you want to break character or need to break character for any reason... What you basically do to distinguish that this I statement is actually coming from you, the moon, is put two uh, paragraph brackets at the beginning and the end of your statement. This is uh, just called bracketing. It basically denotes that you are temporarily out of character and this is coming from you. 
Yeah, in-game I've seen some um, people get a little bit confused by the brackets, especially if they aren't used to role-playing. So it may take a little bit of explaining um, to people who aren't really familiar about what the brackets actually mean. But but generally, yeah, I've seen the brackets used um, quite often with role-players just to kind of show, hey, this is actually me talking, this isn't the character, this is not my muse yeah, exactly. talking, it's me. <laughs> Yeah, keeping that separation, which which uh, we're going to go into a little bit more when we talk about etiquette. So mm -hmm. you may also hear RP used as a verb, as an action. I could say, Emmy, let's RP. All or... right, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so either a noun or a verb, depending on the context. Um, if you hear about ERP, again, that stands for erotic roleplay, which is roleplay that's a strictly sexual and... We're not going to be talking about this. This tends to be the sort of one negative stereotype that we get. So if you do hear that term, like, you may want to stay clear, stare clear or be careful. Well, I mean, some people might be into, yeah, some people might be into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah caution, if you aren't, just, yeah. if you aren't and you see that, then yeah, you might want to just kind of not, <laughs> not do Yeah, I wanted to give a warning. I wanted to give a warning in case somebody sees this and they're like, oh, what what sort of RP is that? And then they get like an unpleasant surprise. It is. It is role play, yeah. so to speak. Um, it follows all the same rules. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. got that more adult aspect to it that some people might not be so interested in. All right. So we talked about what format RP takes. There's a different sort of format that's related to RP content, but is different. As we were saying, RP is usually done between two people, sometimes more, and it usually involves mostly dialogue. If you want to write something that's more of a solo endeavor, it's that's more of like a novel format, maybe it does more in-depth exploration, this would fall under the umbrella of fan fiction, uh, fanfic, or fic. Not much different than other sort of, you know, fanfic and other fandoms, except you're using your characters. And if you want to write a side story for any reason, it's something that either you don't think you need another person, something that doesn't actually involve other characters, something like writing a character's backstory would probably fit into this category. It's, you know, it's in a novel-like format. It's written in the third person and, and it has a much fewer di dialogue um, in exchange for more like third person expository writing. And this is something that I definitely like to do when doing like in-depth uh, explorations. It's it's basically a compliment to your RP that you do uh, with other people, but you can kind of express your own ideas. Yeah, it's definitely more of a creative writing aspect yeah. than like an improvisation one. And you know, some people are into writing fan fiction. I'm personally not, but I know a lot of role players yeah, who do. But I am. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good way to explore um, to explore a character for sure. Um, but it's it's just not for everybody. Yep, for sure. So since we are RPing in an, an established fandom, an important concept to keep in mind is that of canon. As in other fandoms, this basically denotes the facts of the world according to its creators, in this case the game, um, Square Enix, and the creators of Eorzea. This term comes from the religious term canon law, so essentially Square Enix is God, yes. is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on TV tropes, they call they call canon things word of God. <laughs> the word of Yoshi P are actually probably more of like uh, Koji Fox and Bon Ryota, 
the main scenario writer and localizer. They're God. <laughs> they are the gods of of role play, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but this is this is like the stuff that's really set in stone, so to speak. It's like this is canon, and some people are going to deviate from canon. Um, but yeah. Yeah, important to keep those facts this in mind. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if if you decide to either go with the fact that you're set with your character that that isn't canon, that may be inspired by or not inspired by all by the existing world, this is usually called a headcanon. It's a, an established fact that you have about your character or their world that you use as if it were canon, as if it were actually true. Now, this is different from like a theory or speculation because that's just a thought that you have about something that might happen. Um, a headcanon is, is law within the world of your character and your RP world. And these, honestly, like, they range from really serious to really silly. Um, you know, I've got canons about my characters that, you know, are basically like, you know, how, what do they eat? What do they do in the morning? What's their daily routine? Kind of the basic stuff. And then you want to decide, like, what's what pets do they have? Or what's their favorite food? <laughs> yeah, like, I've got, I've got something similar. Where it's like my character, I've got, like, here's what I think happened to her parents when she was young. And um, exactly, you know, what ended up killing them off. Because I'm talking about the um, NPC that I play. Can you guess um, who And it then, is? <laughs> like, for example. Yeah, can you guess who it is? <laughs> guess who it is by this headcanon. Here's my silly one. So my headcanon is that her wardrobe in her room does not contain clothing. And instead it contains, it's just packed chock full <laughs> of stuffed moogles. I'm, I'm accepting this. Guess the character. <laughs> It's it's Nanamo, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Woo! They still haven't guessed mine though. I guess if well, here's a hint. My one of my headcanons involves what her favorite alcohol is. Can you guess? <laughs> I mean, I can guess because I know what it is. <laughs> but the listeners, <laughs> give me okay. Give me your serious one. Give me a serious one for her. Um, basically, her extreme stubbornness comes from the actual need within the society and world she lives in to be seen as strong at all times because she won't be seen as a real leader or respected as a leader in many ways because that world has so much misogyny. All right. How long should we give them to guess? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, There's a part in the notes where we talk about the difference between NPC and OC roleplay. And that's where I have the big reveal. All right. <laughs> so we'll let we'll let everybody sit on it and then reveal who you role play as here. <laughs> All right. So back to headcanons, right? As we were saying, yeah. they can be silly, they can be serious, but they are facts that you have in your world. So it's something that you would want to share with your RP partners. But what if they don't really buy it? <laughs> well, in that case, I think it's probably best to just go ahead and respect that they don't accept it. You know, you can't really change anybody's mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this would more so apply to, like, an NPC character. Yeah. For sure. That if you've, you know, I've assumed a fact that I think makes a lot of sense within canon, but someone else just doesn't at all. You know, you can't, you know, if you want to RP with them, it's like, you know, you can make that choice. Yeah. Come to, you can, come to sort of agreement. You can decide if you want to roleplay with them, and if you don't, then, all right, you don't. <laughs> yep. For that's sure. about it yep so we went over canon and head canon 
Now, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you'll end up with a cannon that, or not a head cannon, but a head cannon that maybe somebody made up, but a whole bunch of people said, "Hey, I really like this head cannon, and I'm going to adopt it too." To the fact, or to the point where the majority of the fan base maybe accepts it to be their sort of cannon, and mm-hmm. so as a result, because so many people use it, they decide that it's going to be essentially a fact even though they haven't officially said the the square enix gods have not said this is true a lot of people adopt it really and so it's pretty much a fact that is fanon fanon i don't think i can't really think of too many that exist in ff14 but the classic example if anyone's familiar with a song of ice and fire or game of thrones the the big fan in is R plus L equals J. Virtually everybody agrees with that. There hasn't been a decision about it in the books or in the show, but you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that did not accept it. The evidence is overwhelming. <laughs> and there's there's another practice that's a bit similar to fanon, but it's more like you take the canon universe and you throw most or all of it away. And you put your characters in a totally different situation and world. So, for example, like, everything is the same except, um, except, let's say, Kane-sena is not the ruler or the leader of Gridania anymore. Mm-hmm. Or everything is the same um, except such and such. Or you can take something and just completely throw it away. So it's like, okay, here's our characters. Now we're going to throw it, um, I don't know. We're going to throw it into like a completely different, yeah, completely different time and place. modern day. Yeah. That's a popular one to do in in any kind of fandom. Yeah. Yeah. Or you throw them in a dark dystopian future where the Garleans have taken over Eorzea. It just turns into. Except as computers. It turns into like (laughs) a completely different genre, but it's an AU. Yeah. It is an alternate universe. Yeah, AU uh, is alternate universe, and that's the practice of basically throwing out large uh, parts of canon in favor of kind of putting your characters in different sort of situations. And it seems odd, and it can be a little bit difficult to roleplay, but it can help you explore, you know, areas that you would otherwise not get to explore at all. Yeah, like what would happen if your character was suddenly put into this completely different scenario? And that really can help to, like, sculpt your character a bit more you know kind of totally totally agree yeah develop their personality more so since we know that rp is very much a creative writing exercise there are different sort of writing devices that are sometimes used by creative writers but that are really really useful in fanfic there's two i want to talk about um in not in fanfic in rp a prompt is a kind of meme that is meant to serve as kind of an original initial inspiration for an RP or for a fanfic or as part of character development. And they they come in really a lot of different forms. They're usually pretty short. It can be something like fill in the blank. What do you mean by that? With how you're by how would your character answer this question? So here's some different examples of prompts that I'm literally reading off a Tumblr called rpfunstuff.tumblr.com. Send me a word and my muse will reveal a memory that has to do with it. This would be something that one would post on their RP blog. 
um, through Tumblr's uh, Askbox function, function, someone will send a word that will that you will have to basically make up a story around. One that I recently got recently was called Urge. That's just one word, but you have to think of a time in your character's past where they dealt with an urge of some kind. Here's another one. My muse is sick with fever. Send me an ampersand for a delirious confession or thought. That's pretty interesting. So you just have to make up something about really mm-hmm. anything in that case. <laughs> yeah, like what would they do if they had a, um, a fever? Some of them actually prompt for interactions between the muse of the poster and the asker. For example, leave a star in my inbox to find out what my what gift my muse would give to yours and for what occasion. And so, so, so in that case, you could respond with, you know, here's the gift, and then the other person might respond with how they would accept it. Yeah, but this is interesting because you have to consider not only your character, but the character of the person asking for it. So you might have to do a bit of research if you've never talked to them before. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this is better for someone that you're a bit familiar with. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Here's a good one. <laughs> Send me a skull and crossbones for the ransom note my muse would leave if they kidnapped your muse. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I, I very much doubt that any of my characters would really kidnap anybody. So it, it really, you know, you don't have to post any of these if you don't want to. But there are some really good ones out there. You know, there are some that might fit your character a bit better. You can also go out on a limb and choose something that you think would never, ever happen. And then try and, you know, work that into here's what, here are the circumstances surrounding why I might hold somebody hostage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They're, they tend to be easy and kind of short and they don't have to be very long or serious. So I, I like them. They do kind of prompt you. As soon as you read it, it's like ideas usually just pop into my head. I like them too. I like them too, especially the ones where you send in like the word and you have to just kind of make some sort of connection to the character's life. For sure. Um, Other types of prompts can be like a a single dramatic statement that would be part of a conversation that you now have to write your character side of the conversation around. Or some of them are really simple, just questions. I've, they could really be anything. I've seen ones that are as simple as what was your character's worst childhood experience to does your character believe in aliens i did not know how to answer that question (laughs) does your character believe in aliens (laughs) but it does make you think it does right another sort of creative writing device that's really useful in rp is a starter this is kind of like a prompt but it's much more specific in the sense that you would be writing a prompt specifically to another role player for their muse to respond to. You kind of already have someone in mind. Or sometimes uh, starters are sort of freeform. Like the content, like any any character could respond to it. Anybody could respond to it. And that's sort of like like an open starter. Like you could start with, the, with one conversation, but go on different paths with it with different characters. So it can be long and it can be short, but really the important part is that, you know, you've really... I guess come up with it. It's a bit more. It's a bit more specific, I guess. Yeah, the the you kind of already have a situation in mind, or at least the beginnings of a situation in mind. But yeah, what's really important is that these things are sources of inspiration and sources of getting you started. Because 
often in, in creative endeavors, the first step is the hardest part. But these sort of devices that get passed around are really, really helpful. So we mentioned a little bit earlier that the majority of role play in FF14 is involving original characters or OCs. This is pretty natural for an MMO because, you know, you are going through the game as the character you created. So it's kind of natural to start a, to jump into them, um, to your original character that you created in Scratch. They do exist in canon lore. They do exist in Eorzea, but most everything else about them is something that you made up, you know, so they're the, they're the original character. They're essentially a blank slate for you to work on. Yeah, for sure. And... There are fewer people that take a different approach. They actually roleplay non-playable characters or NPCs within the game that already exists. Now, this this is it's a very different sort of experience because they're not a blank slate. You have to take the canon facts um, and circumstances and sometimes history about them. But the reason why I think this is a lot of fun and a great experience is that you can, first of all, you can connect to a character that you already like, and you can start to make up things about them that are behind the scenes, or maybe you're just are in their head. So you get to expand on their character, expand on this character that you already like. And one reason that it's kind of a different experience is that like you have to interpret events of the game and circumstances in the game through your own kind of subjective lens. Because if you are playing them, if you're acting act, um, acting as them, sort of, you have to think th- of things like, what did they think of this? What was their reaction? Because it's not always apparent. Sometimes it's very, very obvious how someone feels about something or how they react to something. But it's not always because, you know, you can't show everybody's reaction. There's not enough time in a cutscene to show what everybody really, really thought. Or even if they do, you can tell by their facial expression um, like what were they? What was actually running through the head? A lot of that uh, NPC roleplay is thinking what is running through their head right now. What's their motivation for all of this too? Yeah, yeah. How do they feel about it? And you know, because you're playing as an NPC, you can start to expand on the story and do some sort of behind-the-scenes deleted scenes, not just you know as you would with an OC. Like, what are they doing in their in their free time from the Warrior of Light? But like actually taking a scene in the game and writing the before and after. And even the during. That's really, really interesting. (laughs) Yeah, even the during. Yeah, maybe you wouldn't change what happened, but you would um, expand on what was running through the head in that moment. And so I think this is a really, it's a really, it's a different experience, but one that I like a lot. And I think one of the, one of the benefits of having an NPC muse is actually interacting with other NPC muses. (laughs) And just, you know, if if a character yeah, if a character in the game is, like, canonically friends with another character, and then you meet them, like, as a muse, you're going to be like, hey, you're my buddy, this is so cool. You know, i.e. all the Eorzean Alliance fun that we have. Yeah, and even... even <laughs> That's your other hint. The really, fun, um, the really fun part of all of this is that, you know, you are on the lookout for other people who your character is friends with. And as a result of looking for these people... And finding a lot of these people, like, you just make a lot of good friends just because you play the same character. Or you, not the same character, yeah, you play, you funny, play like... characters, like, who are friends with each other. And so in doing so, you can become friends with the other muns. And it also, 
if your characters are are interacting a lot in game, you're also going to interact a lot in role play, and you kind of spend more time with them and exploring, and so you you really develop that connection, which is it's really a joy and really a lot of fun. So it's time for dun, the big dun, reveal. Dun. Okay, we got a character who <laughs> we've got a character who's in the Aorzine Alliance. Um, has to be strong in the face of misogyny and haters, and has a favorite alcohol. Who is it? It's it's, it's Admiral Merlewib Blues Fist Win. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so we've got Nanamo and Melthib here. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine the kind of fun we have with our enormous height differences. This is true. <laughs> Well, then again, then again, a lot of the people that Nanamo ends up interacting with on a daily basis do happen to be a lot taller. <laughs> Being a Lalafell and all. <laughs> yeah. So that, I think that's what we do most often and what we are sort of known for, if, if we're really well known at all. Are we? I don't think we are. <laughs> are, we, are, we, are we internet famous yet? <laughs> nah. <laughs> all right. So... What should you do, dear listener, if you think that you have an idea for a character and you want to get started in roleplay? Hmm. So we wanted to give some practical advice just for taking those first steps. If you have an idea for a character, before you start to think about going in line or going in game or any of that. Write it down. Should, yeah, write it down. <laughs> write it down for yourself, you know, not for anybody else yet. Yeah, it really can serve as like a reference in case you forget about things because honestly, like even with my own original character, I forget a whole lot about like, okay, what was his reaction or what was like his backstory, everything else. It serves as a good reference and if you do end up role-playing on like forums or on Tumblr and things, you can make a profile with just all of this information and that can help other people sort of get informed and get like a little bit of the basics about your character. And I think overall that'll make things a whole lot easier when they try to roleplay with you because they already know a little bit about the character. They know really what they're getting into. Definitely. It's a great place to start. If you're wondering what exactly you should write down if if you need a little bit more kick in the pants of inspiration, start out with what your character's personality is, what their outward demeanor is. You can talk a little bit about their looks too or maybe why they wear what they wear. Um, If you're playing a certain race and that's actually relevant to their backstory um for for example like makoti and aura have these different tribal cultures that would be relevant write that down um an easy thing to do is what are their abilities what job do they job or jobs do they play and how does that actually tie into their personality um what are their key relationships with other people this doesn't have to be with other characters necessarily but maybe their family their friends Write down what their likes and dislikes are from the serious to the silly. You know, they like, you know, shooting things. They like being a machinist, uh, but they dislike pickles. I, I dislike pickles. <laughs> <laughs> I what like is their pickles. favorite fruit? What's their, yeah, what's their favorite activity to do? All, all those sorts of, you know, little things. Yeah. Almost like you're making a, like a Facebook profile for them. And really, like, can I can I give my experience with making my own character? Of course. With my original character. So when I started making Scoot Patoot, that's my original character. Um, and he's over on Gilgamesh if you want to ever say hi. But when I started out with him, I really did not know much about role-playing. But what I wanted to do was minimum height, Lala tank. Main tank's <laughs> everything. 
And so I started out with that premise and then went from there. So I said, okay, well, he's a minimum height Lollafell tank. So how did he start adventuring even though he's so small? And so it just, from there, it just kind of branched out. Like I decided, okay, well, he is this, this kid who is adventuring and maybe he grew up with like all these rows and he thinks he's going to be big and he wants to get you know really really tall and he's going to be the biggest baddest tank that was my premise for him (laughs) and then from there yeah again with all the little things what does he like what does he dislike and the thing is when you role play um how how your character really evolves and inevitably i think they will evolve but you can change it however you like if you don't like how your character really is you can always go back and change it Mm-hmm. yeah you know just like normal humans they do evolve and change over time in addition to personality traits backstory is always going to be really really important you know just like humans are shaped by their their childhood and their past you know so are characters was it happy was it sad traumatic um another thing to note is maybe where they currently live in eorzea that's true where they were born um, other other sort of formative events, like what is it, what was their most significant happy events, what made them who they are today, both both good and va- bad. And, you know, it's always fun to add in a few more random trivia because no detail is really too small. Yep, that's true. And that's that's why, like, the same thing goes for headcanons. You can make it so, so minor, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's fun to you. And I also think that when you're developing your original character, it's totally okay to project yourself onto that character and give them some of the traits that you have in real life. Oh, I definitely agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and the reason for this is like, if that's what you consider fun, if you have more of an immersive experience by projecting yourself, then that's what you should do. You can go ahead and be a Mary Sue or a Gary Stu. And... You have to remember that this is a hobby. We're here to have fun. We're not here to great write a great classic novel. Like, don't worry about being a great writer at all. If you want to work on that and improve it, it's great. But, you know, it, at the end of the day, you know, it's a hobby. And just you should make your character whatever would be the most fun for you to play. Yeah, again, like, just as long as you aren't going around, you know, harassing anybody for, like, their role play style or anything. Like, just just write as you want. Right? However you would like. Um, It's all good. (laughs) Yeah. So, because they followed all of these steps, our dear listeners have a really great character that they're really into and they think is is pretty fleshed out. And they're looking to to jump in and start role-playing with others. Before they even take this step, what I would do next is to simply observe to go online, to go to Highland Role Players or to Tumblr and search different tags and basically look at other people's RP content, other people's RP blogs or posts and get a feel for kind of how it's done. Because we can talk all about what RP content is and the forms it takes, but until people really read it, it may not actually sink into them. And once you get a feel for what others are doing, you can certainly emulate that. Kind of the, the formats that they take, the kind of prompts that they write, the different formats that they use. You know, so I would I would just browse all of Highland role players or different tags, um, start to it, start to follow people on Tumblr, create your own um, Tumblr first, and probably you want to post a lot of that writing that you just did to flesh out your character. 
And if you start following other people, you know, kind of because of the way the follow algorithms work, you're probably going to get a, a few other people following you just naturally. And also, if you post things within certain tags that are that are tracked across all of Tumblr, other people that follow those tags are going to read them. They're going to hit like, hit, hit reblog. And if they like your stuff, they may decide to follow you. Another great idea for like your initial sort of filler intro content is to take screenshots because guess what? We're playing a video game. <laughs> so we literally already have visualizations of our characters. So take pictures of them doing their thing, fighting or sitting around in their FC house you know, on a cat, you know, I, one thing I definitely do with all my characters is definitely give them casual outfits because, you know, no one's wearing like a big robe or armor all the time. <laughs> Maybe they are. Maybe, Maybe that's they part are. of their character thing. They just go to sleep in their armor. <laughs> yeah, that, that's totally valid too. But, you know, through this white writing and through these visualizations, you're going to give people another way to, to start to get introduced to your character. Yeah, and I think over time, like, people will discover it, people may end up, you know, liking it and say, hey, this person's kind of cool, I want to roleplay with them. Or you can get in contact with them and say, hey, are you interested? Here's my character. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's good to sometimes take the first step yourself. Yeah, it never hurts to reach out, and but also things like prompts and starters may help you get started with someone. Mm-hmm. So, as for RPing in-game... Let's talk about Balmung. Okay. So this year, Balmung surpassed Gilgamesh as the most populated server in the game. In addition to this, it is very well known as the hub of roleplay. This is true. So I think this says a lot for the, you know, the size of the player base that's participating in RP. Like, it's got to be pretty big. If you assume that most of the people on Balmung are there to roleplay, maybe 75% of them are roleplaying, that's that's a lot of people because there, there are also um, RPers on every other server. So there, there are actually a lot of us. And I think that there are pros and cons to being on Balmung. It, it is the hub of roleplay and you're going to get a huge sort of network effect because everything is converging there. So a lot of stuff is just going to be a lot easier. And not only this, but there's in-game RP going on through Say and Yell like virtually everywhere. Um, it's going to be really easy for you to find um, an RP FC, an RP Link Trail, and for you to attend like in-game planned events where someone's going to meet at a certain in-game location and wear a certain outfit. And those they're, they're, you know, they're sort of like in real life meetups, except with your characters. And just like, you know, you meet new people in real life, you meet new characters. And there are even these, these taverns, which are sort of like events, but they're like persistent locations where people come together whenever they happen to be online. Like, you know, p folks have actually set up like their, their houses to be like to be like taverns and just where you know places for characters to gather and have conversations from their point of view as if they were just you know hanging out in a bar and those sorts of you know those events they happen like all maybe almost exclusively on Balmung or there's a huge bias like on Tumblr there there's a Balmung events calendar where like every weekend like you can go to an in-game party and let me tell you it is it is so awesome and weird to go to an in-game party <laughs> like 
you're 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 just going to a party in the comfort of your home (laughs) and yeah no it's definitely a really really good place to like meet a whole bunch of people because there are so many people interested in role play with all these events and things like it's just not going to be very hard i would think to go and find people who are interested in role playing with you that said (laughs) that said and i am going to play devil's advocate here Balmung is very crowded, yeah. so it's it's pretty much impossible, I think, to to go ahead and get into Balmung. I've heard maybe on patch days it's possible because they'll go up like 10 minutes early and you might be able to get in a character there, but essentially it's like, you know, sacrifice something, sacrifice a cow, and pray to RN Jesus that, <laughs> yeah. that you get in. <laughs> so essentially... Yeah, there, un- there's... Yeah. A lot of the time, like, you, you just have to do a server transfer. And I think especially for people who are, like, yeah. really, you know, brand new to the game, they've bought the game, they've, um, you know, paid for a subscription that's, like, what, $12, $15, depending on how many characters you have. And then server transfers are, you know, what, $18? $18. Yeah, so you yeah. paid $18 to go and transfer to Balmung. Like, some people I know just don't want to pay that. Um, yeah, I paid it. I'm a loser. <laughs> yeah, I paid it for one of my anonymous, but I never use it. So, um, so it is it is possible to get onto Balmung. Um, that said, it's also because there are so many people, it can be really overwhelming, especially if you started out on a smaller server, like even on Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh compared to Balmung is, it's a pretty big difference. Mm-hmm. So it can be overwhelming at first. Um, that's just kind of like a word of warning if you are interested in transferring onto Balmung. And I know like smaller servers like Gilgamesh and even like I have a character on Lich, which is a, a it's a pretty small server. You can find people who are interested in role playing, but that said, like it's it's definitely going to be more difficult. But there are people who are interested in role playing, really even on smaller servers. Yeah, they're everywhere, and Gilgamesh is not a small server, but because it's known as, like, the raid server, that the RP scene is always going to be much smaller. Yeah, because everybody's just, like, you look in the party finder, there aren't very many, if any, things that are really oriented toward role-playing, and you'll just see, like, a lot of raiding content. Um, LFG. Yeah, looking for a group need to clear um, (laughs) Sephiroth Extreme or something like that. But yeah, you can yeah. you can role Reset play. A6S on farm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you really you really you can find role play um people who are interested in role play on other servers. It's just going to be a little bit harder, I think. Yeah. But you can. You can find it on other servers if you get into other servers and you think that, you know, if you really would like a smaller server feel, by all means, you know, try and try and go into the smaller servers because I think there will be role players even on there. At least from the experiences that I've had. Yeah. You had a note about the quicksand specifically? Oh yeah. So the quicksand the quicksand in specific for Balmung at least. When I did have a character on Balmung, um, the first thing I was told was avoid the quicksand at all costs. <laughs> which is really, really sad because, you know, you've got somebody who's role playing Nanamo Unamo can't go into the quicksand. Yeah, this is wrong. Um <laughs> she cannot go into the quicksand because it has a reputation as being an ERP hub. Yeah. That's that's 
how it is. And even from experience, I, I can confirm <laughs> that it is an ERP hub. So that's a bit sad. If you are interested, I've had to go there for like maybe you can go on the quicksand, but like, eh, not quite my thing. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been there to just like do quests, and I'm like, let me not put global chat on. I'm just gonna change my tab. Yeah, I'm being overwhelmed with things, not just RP or ERP, just many many different things. It's just like where everybody is hanging out. I don't know how anybody does it. Like, how do you like hear yourself over every anybody else? I'm really not <laughs> sure because there's so <laughs> many people in that quicksand. Yeah. And inevitably, you, yeah. you are going to have to go in to the quicksand because there are quests that you have to... <laughs> there are quests. Yeah, there are quests where you have to go to the quicksand, even especially if you start in Ulda. Like, that's the starting hub for mm -hmm. your main story quests. And even later on, if you don't start in Ulda, if you start in Limsa, if you start in Gridania, you're going to have to go in for that main scenario quest mm -hmm. at some point. So there's your heads up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, FYI. So there are some advantages and disadvantages to being on that kind of roleplay hub server. I definitely want everybody to know that it's possible to be an RPer on any server. Yeah. So it's your choice. One thing that I do want to note if you do decide to roleplay in-game is the custom emote function. Because if you are just using other forms of chat, it's just your name colon the thing you said that doesn't really let you write in the third person so the slash em function if you type that in followed by some dialogue it inserts the name of your character but there's no colon so you can actually use that to write um third person instead of just straight dialogue so for example you want your character to i don't know we'll have mouth of like taking a sip of rum Slash EM takes another sip of her rum, and then it just shows up as Melvin Blurfisman takes another sip of her rum. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's also the um, pointy bracket T, pointy bracket T, pointy bracket, that if you are targeting another character or another inanimate object, you uh, it will replace the T with the name of that object or person. Yes. So you can... Yeah. You can like emote to the market board or you can emote <laughs> to another person too. But but like, for example, um, I've got one that's like scoot patoot, not so gently pats T in the face. So I can do that to the market board <laughs> or I could do that to a minion or I could do it to a chocobo stable if I wanted to. But yeah, that's essentially what what the bracket T does. Yes, that's a really, really useful function if you want to RP in-game or just make silly emotes. <laughs> that's what I do. I like silly emotes. Yeah. So how can our listeners that feel like they can't get over the hump in just interacting with people get started? What are some icebreakers? <laughs> like they've got a Tumblr, but they haven't said anything to anybody. They've got their character in-game, but they haven't said anything to anybody. I mean, you could always like respond to a starter or a prompt that somebody else posted yeah so you could you That's could answer their really question or you could just you know go ahead take the first step and send them a starter yourself or yeah or you could always send like a message to them and say you know hey would you like to role play and then if they say sure you know go ahead write a starter for them or if you don't want to be the one who's starting out if you're a little bit nervous about that say hey 
would you be okay with writing the starter instead? And they might do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when people post prompts and starters, they are literally asking you to RP with them. It's true. It's, it's essentially, you know. hey, send stuff to me. I would like to interact with you. Yeah, exactly. Or if you're in the game, if you're in the game, you know, just send to tell. Hey, would you like to roleplay? Are you interested in doing this? Yeah, or send an email at them, maybe a smile, a wave. Start chatting as if it were real life. Yeah, I think for NPCs it's a little bit different because I know there is some sort of stigma. Um, some people do think that like being an NPC just ex- yeah, I've heard like on Balmung some people oh. do have a, sig- <laughs> a stigma against NPC role players because it ruins their immersion. So what I like to do, at least on that server, is I will wait and see if they approach me first. Or I might emote, and if they do anything back, then that might be a sign that, hey, they're interested in interacting. I think with NPCs, it's a little bit different than with OCs in that respect. Yeah, it. if you're an OC, you probably haven't got that problem. Yeah, if you're an OC... Just run up and chat. I mean, if you're an OC, I mean, there is elitism in some places where some people are like, you can't be the warrior of light, such and such. But yeah, but if that's the case, you know, just don't roleplay with them. If you don't agree with them, then you don't have to roleplay with them. Yeah, there's somewhat of that controversy over like, everybody's the warrior of light, so nobody's the warrior of light. And how do you reconcile that? And there's different ways of doing it. But like any other roleplay issue, it's just about coming to a mutual agreement that everybody can have fun with. So now that you now that you've you know wrote your starter, had somebody else write a starter, what do you do? You just start writing. Let it all flow out of you naturally. I think. You know, if you have a muse, if you are inspired, once you get started, it's really not that difficult. It just all comes out of you. So it does get easier over time and you do become more comfortable. Yeah, I agree. I think with time, like your your responses might be, you know, take a little bit less time to write or they might take more time if your style evolves. But I think, you know, connecting to your character will become easier over time. Yeah. And as we were mentioning before, you may end up kind of frequently role playing with the same people. And you'll become pretty comfortable with them and your characters will be comfortable with each other. Those characters will have a lot of adventures together. That's one thing that makes things easier. You get more accustomed to, you know, their style of role-playing, what their character's like, and... And everyone's having fun. Yep. And everyone's super having a good time. So, we've talked a lot about the basics of role-play, how to get into it, and how to have fun with it, and how much fun you can have with it. We would be remiss to say that it's all fun in games all the time, and sometimes negativity does come into it. That's true, yeah. And we want to go into the basics of etiquette when you're role-playing that can prevent any of these problems from happening. A lot of them are just about common sense and mutual respect. Mm -hmm. You'd think that would be enough, but it's good to uh, come up with some of the specific issues that may not always be obvious that might come up in role-playing. One that everyone on some level struggles with is the time it may take for you to send a reply once someone has started an rp with you and it really is all going to depend on the length of course of the rp if you're doing like just conversations back and forth that should be pretty quick you just have to think of the next thing to say you know it would be not as easy but pretty easy as it is to just have a conversation in real life 
if you're doing something that is maybe like at least a paragraph in length or multiple paragraphs where you have to include some third person stuff and you really do need to think it through, think about where things are going and what your character is saying and how they're saying it. Then we get into, you know, it sort of becomes a little bit of homework. And we've all got busy lives and this is all a hobby for everybody. So it's sometimes hard to determine how long is an appropriate amount of time for you to write that reply. And we're all struggling with this. And I don't think that there is a sort of hard and fast rule. But what I came up with is a week as a base sort of, you know, maximum or average time that it should take to reply. And that's because most people have pretty, you know, schedules that rotate within a week. So there should be some point in that week where you have time to sit down and make time and do it. You've got hopefully at least one day off a week or just one day you can have a few hours of downtime at least. And, you know, if that's the only time you can write your RPs, then that's cool. You know, a week is a, is a pretty good amount of time. Um, after that, I think that the inspiration somewhat gets a little bit stale or you may be actually overthinking it. Because like we were saying, if you enjoy role playing and it's your hobby and you're inspired, this stuff just kind of comes out naturally. It's not actually terribly difficult to write. When I even write a reply, even if it's a few paragraphs, like once I sit down and make time to do it, it takes me like half an hour. And I'm like, yeah, I have plenty of half hour free time slots on my day, but it was a matter of, of getting the focus and pushing away everything else I want to do, you know, just for a minute, because I say, you know, I, I owe this to someone, someone is waiting this. And not only that, by replying more often, we're going to keep things fresh and keep everybody inspired. So, so that said, though, there are times where you might have a writing block. There are times when you might not just, you just don't have the free time to, to go sit down and reply. And so I think in those cases, like if it, if you know it's going to take you longer, then, you know, go ahead, let your role play partner know, hey, this is taking a while. You know, I'm really sorry. Some people have like, you know, been on vacation or something and, you know, I'm going to be away for the computer for a week or so. So it just kind of lets them know what to expect, why they are waiting or why they might be waiting for a while before anything gets posted. And I think like, especially in cases where there's like definitely some sort of time delay media like tumblr um and forum posts where you don't necessarily immediately see the post and you you know both people might not be there at the exact same time this is probably going to be more of a problem there that's going to be more of an issue where writer's block happens or where you just can't get to the to the computer at a certain time so just you know go ahead let your roleplay partner know hey i'm not going to be here at this point so that they aren't you know just left hanging and is this going to be finished at any point yeah for sure for, for sure i mean tumblr has a message function <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so time delays is, is um something that we all have to manage and struggle with but i don't want ever people to think that they should put off writing something because they don't think it's good enough. That's what something I definitely don't want to encourage people to to get into the habit of. I because, agree with that. Like, yeah, like I said, we're not all here to write great best-selling novels. We're just here to have fun and and explore our characters. And I'm a big fan of the phrase "done is better than perfect." You know, so if you if you've got it written, but you just 
are obsessing they're like this isn't i can't send this because it isn't good enough like then you know your partner's still waiting and they're they're gonna love your stuff really you know just to uh you know relax about it yeah i think your partner's probably going to end up liking what you post anyways yeah this is this is sort of different from the situation where you've tried but you just don't have much inspiration like you just can't think of what to do next and in this case you probably just want to communicate to that your rp partner like hey, I think this is having fun, but I'm not sure what to go next. Or like, I don't really have any more ideas. Chat with them about it because you are doing a sort of collaborative exercise. Um, see if they can come up with something. And one strategy that always, always works for time management is, of course, don't take on too many RPs at a time. That's you true. Know, don't take on more than you can like reasonably reply to in a, in a time frame with how much time and energy you have. And you might end up forgetting about some of them. Yeah. So that's generally <laughs> I, not very good. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep all of my RPs in an Evernote folder. That's what I do personally. So every time I open that Evernote folder, I actually have the tags that went, uh, for ones that are work in progress. So I could just go always go up to the, you know, see what do I have to work on today at any time. That That's my personal system, you know. Um, another tactic I have is if I need to reply to something, I save it as a draft in Tumblr. Yeah. So that the post is right there. Like when I finish, all I need to do is is edit this draft and post it and it's and it's on its way. I do that too. And I know somebody who puts their replies in like Microsoft Word and they just leave that window open until the reply is done. So if they have anything that's outstanding, yeah. then that window is open just kind of being there like, hey, there's something that needs to be replied to. Yeah, it's right. It's right in front of you. It's right there. So there's a really funny sort of issue that happens in roleplay which i think we touched on a little bit earlier of course the character that you play and the human that you are are different people um a mun is not the same as a muse but sometimes people actually get these things confused similar to how sometimes you see an actor in a movie and you know that they're playing a character and maybe you have an irrational like or dislike for that character, but then you start to um, extend that to the to the actor themselves. Like you have a, a big hate or love for the actor and not just the character. And these sort of lines get blurred. And it's it's really sad and sort of funny to see like actors or even weathermen, like they, they get harassed in real life because of who they are on screen. It's really sad and... too, because it's like a lot of the time they're just frustrated with it. Like they... To the point that sometimes they'll even be called, like, that character's name. It's like, yeah. hey, it's such and such. It's it's Joffrey. Oh, man, Joffrey. I hate that guy. Yeah, that happened. That happened. Yeah. <laughs> and there's definitely, there's a, it's a different person behind that. Yeah. It applies to role play as well. For example, if you're doing some RP content with someone and they act especially mean, to your, if that character is, acts especially mean to to your character, does that mean that the person writing that dislikes you? Not at all. It wasn't them that did it. It was the character. And the same applies to, you know, a lot of affection. If someone r replies that they, they are so into you, you're so cool, they're kind of, you know, maybe they're even kind of clingy. That shouldn't say that, you know, the person playing them is being particularly clingy. I mean, basically people are going to write whatever they think is interesting. And sometimes extreme emotions and extremely dramatic situations are what is interesting. And they're putting it in there not because they necessarily feel that way, but because they're trying to create an interesting story. So 
it seems obvious, but it's always something that you have to keep in mind. Um, actions, opinions, whether they be positive or negative of a character aren't related to those of the mun. You know, a muse is not a mun, a mun is not a muse. Have you had any experiences with this specifically? I personally have not, but I've heard of other people who, like, relationships have formed because of the <laughs> characters, and, like, they've sort of projected the characters onto that person. Yeah. And so it's... For example, it's it's not usually the case, <laughs> for example, mm-hmm. that the character disliking you or the character disliking your character means that the mun dislikes you. It's the character disliking the other character. So you kind of have to take like a certain degree of separation with that. Yeah, I'll always You know, be- it can be upsetting. It can be upsetting, make no mistake. But just kind of talk it over, you know, if that happens to be the case. Yeah, I mean, there's always a certain amount of projection and identification that happens with a character. But just think of yourself as an actor. Like, think of it just like acting. Are you going to get, are you going to get mad at another actor because the scene is written in such a way that, you know, the character is mad at your character? Of course not. You know, take it with that level of of separation. Once the cameras stop rolling, are you going to still be mad at them? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) I would hope not. I would hope not anyways. (laughs) As far as things that can potentially make your RP characters actually kind of uncomfortable and maybe overstep their boundaries, this unfortunately can happen when you or your partner are uncomfortable with a certain type of content. This would include things like really dark or violent things, um, mature things, or of course sexual content. Of course, you know, there are some people that love these things and some people that will absolutely will not do them. And it's all about boundaries here and not only respecting boundaries, but kind of setting them at the beginning because there's so much variance in what people want to RP as far as mature content. It's always good to kind of get those things out at the beginning of, you know, partnering with someone. This is why so many Tumblr RP blogs have a rules page. That says right front and center, like as soon as, like before you think about uh, interacting with me, I just want to clarify a few things about how I will roleplay and, you know, what, maybe specifically things that like I, I won't do, like kind of content that I'm not comfortable with. Or things that you will do. Yeah. Or if you just want to see, yeah, I'm okay with this, this and that, but not that and the other thing. And, you know, the, the communication is key here. You know, it, it's funny because I, I sort of take a different approach like I, in my, um, my, in Merle's blog, the rules page says rules, what rules? And I sort of take the approach that I don't want to set any rules from the beginning, but if anything ever makes me uncomfortable, I'll just tell you, you know, and I would expect that you would, you know, respect, respect it at that time and, you know, stop doing it. And either approach that you want to take, whether it's like, you know, I want to set things up for the beginning or you just want to, you know, expect everyone to to, to respect you at the time that you, you know, want, want to set boundaries. That's fine. But you want to know that going into it because, it, you know, it's going to set the the parameters of, you know, your role play. And it is really, really important. Um, like, like I was saying, people tend to insert stuff in RP that they just think is fun or interesting. And sometimes, you know, those extreme emotions and and or, you know, something that's really dark or really violent 
they, you know, it can, it may make for a very interesting story, but like, guess what? Like your story doesn't exist without the other person. So, you know, if you don't stick within what they're comfortable with, there's not going to be a story, you know, and it doesn't do to push it. Like once you have kind of set boundaries, it, it's not going to work if you just insert it and like, oh, I know that they didn't like this, but I guess they'll just change their mind when they see how interesting this is. I think this is yeah, this the, is a they'll be okay with it later. Yeah, they'll, they'll be okay. You know, we've role played together for however much long it is. We've role played together for months, and and now you know they'll be okay with it. Like typically, if that's the case, and you aren't really sure, go ahead and ask. At least that's that's the way that I structure it. Like I say, I set my rules where it's like I won't do this, but if you think that it's something that I might be uncomfortable with, go ahead and ask. And really, I think that's a safe way to do it. I think that really is. And you'll have, you know, your baseline of where everything is. Yeah, it's it's kind of the responsibility not only to, to set parameters at the beginning, but if you actually want to push the boundaries in any way, um, maybe on something that they haven't explicitly stated, so you're not clear if they want to do it, just ask. And, you know... It never hurts to ask. It never hurts to be too careful. Even if they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm totally cool with that. They're they're going to be like, oh, I'm glad you asked. It shows that you have respect for me and that you want to make this fun for all of us. And, you know, there's a responsibility to both kind of communicate your needs and to um, you have the right to set your own parameters. And, and on the converse side, you have the responsibility to listen to others' parameters and to ask them before going into anything controversial. Yeah, I think that's really the important thing because, you know, when those things are followed, when you're respecting other people, when you are, um, you know, setting your own your own boundaries and everything, it, it just makes sure that everything is fun. Um, it, it makes sure that every everybody knows what they're doing, what is comfortable, and everybody's doing what's comfortable, and that's really what makes it fun. Yep. So we hope that if everyone's kind of sticking to those rules, always communicating, always being careful, that no one should ever get into a situation where they actually have to walk away or be confrontational. But if that happens, either to you, either you're pushed to the boundaries where you're not comfortable or someone you have pushed someone, you have to keep in mind that, you know, just as in life, it's all about consent and acceptance and and no means no and you have the right to stop role-playing at any time for any reason and you don't even have to say why yeah you don't have to justify yourself like this is this is a hobby no one's being obliged to do this you know maybe if you want to tell them the reason why you have to break it off maybe you don't maybe you're just like i can't do this anymore and i'm gone that's cool if you if you can't handle it if you just need to get away that's cool too and and, and um no, like you have the right to do that. Don't feel bad at all. Don't feel like you're leaving that person hanging. Like, like who cares? Like your comfort is more important. And if you're on the really unfortunate end that you've actually pushed someone too far, like you didn't communicate and you did something where, where it was totally irreconcilable, then like you made a mistake. You can say sorry. Um, either you can try to make up for it or reconcile and continue or not. And if someone just, they have to uh, you know, end their RP partnership, then don't push them. Don't try to get them back. Don't, or don't try to like, push it even further like if, if someone says no to something the first time like they're not gonna say yes to it later that's like, it this is all this is all common sense stuff 
but sometimes just people get too immersed in their characters and their worlds and, and they feel like their own mind and their own thing is kind of the only thing that matters. But they're, you know, they're human beings behind these characters. Right? Yeah, they're definitely people behind the characters and really the people I think are important. <laughs> the people are more important, yeah. honestly, than than I think the characters. Absolutely. It sucks, but at the end of the day, we're all just, we're human beings. And, and this is a fun escapist hobby for us. So, you know, if you are always careful to have that kind of respect, communication, and common sense, then it should really never ever come to these unfortunate situations. And we're all just going to have a lot of fun. We're going to role play with our characters. We're going to create new stories, new adventures, and really enhance the whole FF14 experience. Yeah, it's just it's just another part of of playing the game and it can be really really rewarding if done right. Yeah. Yeah. If we didn't already love role play, we wouldn't be <laughs> here sharing our experiences with all of you. Exactly. All right. That concludes episode 1 of Musecast 14. The introduction to FF14 role play. For our post show, I thought we would all share a random fact about either our RP experience or our in-game experience. This is the one time where we're allowed to talk about game content. This is true. (laughs) Would you like to start or would you rather I? One random thought that I was having when I'm seeing everyone with different hairstyles, different races, it's like, it's like, you know, for some people, they just need a little bit of a change of adjustment. Some people, it's like a flavor of the month. Like they like, they look totally different. Uh, For example, I've seen Scoop Patoot in various different races now. Here, Lala, Elizin, male, female. (laughs) And it's funny to me because I personally have never Fantasia'd any of my four characters. (laughs) Not at all. They're the same as when I created them. And I've been playing playing for over two years now, maybe almost two and a half, not since the beginning of the game, but it was released in August and I started playing that December. So it's it's a long time and I, I just think that they're perfect the way they are and I love them. The only one time I did use a Fantasia was when I made my Merweb in character model and I wanted to adjust her facial features a little bit to kind of match the NPC character a little bit more and I think the first time I made her look a little bit too tough she had like the slanted eyebrows and I'm like you know I don't think that Moab really has like a resting bitch face you know I'm gonna make it a little bit softer but but, but other than that I've never never ever fantasia <laughs> that's kind of cool on a related note I guess I've always been interested in where fantasias come from you know, I know there's the lore of Fantasias. <laughs> I know it's it's probably got to be some sort of alchemy because they have like all sorts of different potions and things. But like, what sort of ingredients go into a file of Fantasia? Yeah, you can't uh, make them with your alchemist. Yeah, where do What's they come from? <laughs> um, but also, my random in-game experience is something a bit more frustrating, and I'm sure that probably some of our listeners might have a similar problem but I have Comcast service and it's been a fairly common issue at some point where I have been unable to log on to the game for longer than like 30 seconds before being disconnected and that can definitely be frustrating because you never know when those things are going to kick in but like for the past day I've been just experiencing that and so I'm kind of wondering, does anybody else have that issue where they just um, get kicked out every <laughs> so often? 
I mean, Comcast is extremely vilified all over the internet. Um, here where I live, we have a subsidiary of Comcast called Xfinity, and I haven't had a whole ton of problems. Um, mostly more lag than disconnect. Yeah, I've heard of lag being like a big issue, um, but I don't think I've ever heard of people being kicked every so often. So maybe it's an issue with my router or something, but, but it seems like every other site, you know, if I'm trying to use the internet otherwise, it's completely fine. It's just Final Fantasy <sighs> that gives me that issue. Yeah, they just, they just, they just want to block us. There are my perils. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the only time I've had really frustrating experiences like that are on really it was really with the release of Heaven's Word. <laughs> Not even patches really create that problem. It's just it was the expansion. It was just uh, it was painful times. Well, Heaven's Word, what I had heard was that a lot of people had trouble getting in to begin with because there were so many people. Yeah. Logging on, and so I think a lot of that issue was just affiliated with the sheer volume of people who are coming in to do this new content. Yeah, and, and there were definitely a, a lot of disconnects, like the famous 90k error. Yep. <laughs> and then there were there were these things like it, like it would cache some of your files so that if you were kicked once, like you literally could not log in again until you like deleted those cache files. It was craziness. Crazy times. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that with the next expansion, which both of us were hoping it would be Alamigo, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm really, really hoping it'll be something Alamigo related. But yeah, hopefully <laughs> hopefully we won't end up having like those 90k errors everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And in future episodes, we're definitely going to get into some lore and some speculation and what we think is going to happen, not from just an overall plot perspective, like, but what's going to happen to our favorite characters. Yeah. You know, we might go into like history of, of city-states, but in the end, what we're hoping to do is just come back to how it affects different characters. Yeah, that's what we're really focusing on here. This concludes the first episode of MuseCast 14. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us as we grow. We're having a ton of fun doing this. If you want to subscribe, we are hosted by Podbean, and you can find us at MuseCastXIV.com. That's M-U-S-E-C-A-S-T-X-I-V.com. And I think right after this, I'm going to get us a Tumblr account, MuseCastXIV, one word, no dashes. That sounds good. Yeah, and if you <laughs> if you like this podcast, be sure to go share it with some of your friends. I know a lot of people um, have shown some interest in this, so, you know, go ahead, spread the word if, if you'd like. And yeah. go ahead and follow us on on Tumblr, I suppose. Can you follow us on, on uh, Podbean? Yes, you can. If you have a Podbean account, you can also find us, MuseCast XIV. I do hope we can get onto iTunes. That would be neat. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Remix Sakura. And I am your co-host, I suppose, Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> you're also a host. You're you're equal. I'm okay. So should I say I'm your co-host and then you say I'm your co-host? I'm I'm your other co-host. <laughs> we're your co-hosts. Yeah, we're we're your hosts. <laughs> See you next time. See you later, adventurers. Thanks for listening to Musecast 14. Tune in next time when we'll be discussing people of Linza Laminza. Happy adventuring, and may you ever walk in the light of the crystal. <laughs>